And joining us in the studio now is Dr. Jessie Lynn Hanley. She's uh, author of the new book, Tired of Being Tired, subject that's near and dear to my heart, of course. And she's, uh, you're no stranger to Cleveland. You've, you've been here before. You, you're based in Chicago. You started a clinic in Chicago. I've been in private practice for 20 years and medical director and founder of two holistic health care clinics. I'm presently on sabbatical, so I could take the time to write the book and uh, do this tour, do some education. Mm. So I'm also taking some of more of my advice. Okay. You're a graduate of uh, Abraham Lincoln School of Medicine in, uh, at the University of Illinois. You've also studied at UCLA, right? Right. Mm -hmm. I was fortunate enough while going to traditional or modern medical school to have the chance to study and integrate not only nutrition, but classical Chinese medicine and acupuncture. Ah. Now, you're author of the book, Tired of Being Tired. A lot of us are tired these days. I mean, you hear that from everybody. Busy lifestyles are running here and there. Everybody's tired. Are we all tired for the same reason, though? Yes and no. Okay. Um, adrenal burnout, which is what the book is really about, mm -hmm. or the path to burnout, is an epidemic in our country, and it's, to a large extent, a disease of lifestyle, but being that we're born with totally rechargeable batteries, and our adrenals are the batteries of our body, mm -hmm. they store the charge, they manage our energy, they ignite the spark that keeps our fuel burning brightly if we guard them, um, in our culture, it's not just the demands we place on ourselves physically and emotionally. It's also that we're not sleeping very deeply mm. or very, very much. And so there's a chapter in the book dedicated to how to sleep deeper and how to guard your repair process because when you sleep, you repair. It's, it's that simple. You know, it's like a bank account. As long as there's money in the bank account, it collects interest. Mm -hmm. Same thing at night. If there's energy enough to go to sleep or you can help your body go to sleep, while you sleep, your energy account collects interest and you wake up refreshed and repaired. And as long as we let our bodies repair, we don't age or, or acquire the diseases that we're unfortunately seeing at younger and younger ages. So sleep is the key, the absolute key sleep to is not one, being tired. Sleep is one of the most important keys. Mm -hmm. It really is. And one of the signs that we're seriously on the path to burnout, which unfortunately is often marked at the end with a heart attack or cancer or some dreadful disease that could have been easily avoidable. Now, how many of us are tired because we're not getting that deep sleep? We're not going to bed early enough. We're not getting the rest we need. How many of us are, are, sleep, are tired because of that, and how many of us are tired because we're eating the wrong things, we're eating things that make us feel tired? Well, that's a great question, and I think that they just add up. I don't think it's one or the other. Um, unfortunately, in this day and age, because we now have 50% diminishment, 50% less nutrients in the average piece of food that we eat, before it's microwaved, before it's refined, before it's processed. Goodness knows what's left after that. Because we are malnourished, because our food is malnourished, the other second most important reason is that we're not giving our body the basic building blocks to repair f with. So it occurs to me after 20 years of listening to people and watching what works and what doesn't, that food what we eat and the nutrients that we use to supply the missing parts mm -hmm. become critical, more critical than any other time 
in history. And so I, I encourage people not only to make sure that they eat breakfast, because breakfast starts the tone and fuels the furnace for the day. And when we don't, we slip into panic biochemistry and just wear out and use up our reserves even faster. People often ask me, what do you mean real food? And I find that a little scary, but it's obviously very important because we've been terrorized or educated into thinking Pop-Tarts are good breakfast food. (laughs) And I want people to eat real food. That could be oatmeal and a handful of almonds because the other thing that's as important as real food is that there's enough protein. In the last 10 years, or maybe even 15, when we've been on high-carbohydrate diets thinking it was the way to go, we have seen people have gained 22% on the average body fat. I don't know anybody that's looking for that. And we are more tired because we're running on empty. All those carbs are empty calories. Now you say we should get more protein in in our breakfast. Does that mean we should eat maybe... Hamburgers? uh, Well, if hamburgers (laughs) work for you, make them organic hamburgers when possible. Okay. So not too much poison comes with it. Mm -hmm. It could be a couple of scrambled eggs. It could be a couple of hard-boiled eggs you have left in the refrigerator that you've made on the weekend when you had more time. So So you have something to run out the door with. It could be a half a cup of cottage cheese, Mm -hmm. a couple of almonds or a handful of almonds, and a half a piece of fruit. That's real food. So those farm breakfasts we used to hear about uh, that grandma used to make with the sausage and the biscuits and the eggs and the bacon and everything, that, that was okay. That, that's not really a, the killer we, we... We are becoming, we're becoming, learning to have a different kind of insight about fat. Mm-hmm. It is not the enemy that we were raised to believe if it's real fat, not hydrogenated fat. You know, the fat that we torture and transform into things that was never meant to be end up becoming integrated into our body, and we begin to be made out of unnatural things, and then we don't work as well. Mm -hmm. But some fat, and good fats are critical, the fats in nuts, the fats in eggs, the fats in certain animal products, and especially fish and from grains are critical. We actually cannot live without them, and some of them have been shown to not only improve attention deficit, and decrease inflammation, so improve arthritis and lower the risk for heart disease, but they stimulate fat burning. Mm -hmm. So those are good breakfast foods to eat. That's the thing that we should eat, and and you should eat something. You just shouldn't skip breakfast and say, oh, I'm busy, or breakfast is going to weigh me down and it's going to slow me down. You shouldn't say that. Not unless you want to be tired later. (laughs) If you want to start building the biochemistry of fatigue, then skip breakfast. If you want to have energy to burn, You need to stoke your furnace with fuel, good, hearty, healthy fuel, something to burn, and plan on a snack, and then breathe. Uh, Under stress, a lot of us tend to breathe so shallow Mm -hmm. that we're starving our fire. So every time you take a deep breath, you're stoking your inner furnace. And whether it's one or five, if you could remember to do that when you're tired, when you're hungry, when you're cranky, just taking a few deep breaths can change everything. Wow. We're talking to Dr. Jessie Lynn Hanley. She's author of Tired of Being Tired. She runs a clinic in Chicago, Illinois, and uh, we're, we're learning about how to, to get ourselves going and how to shake off that tired feeling this morning on Sunday Digest on WGAR. Uh, I've already learned three good tips so far. Get a good night's rest, eat uh, the right food for breakfast, and um, 
And the third one, breathe deeply. What, what else should we do to get ourselves on track, to, to get rid of that tired feeling that seems to dog many of us day in and day out? Well, you know, there's a two-minute written test in my book, Tired of Being Tired, that will help people to identify where they are mm-hmm. along the way on the path to burnout, burnout being the most dangerous stage, and being that we have rechargeable batteries and a repairable body if we give ourselves the chance. If people will just take the two minutes for themselves and take the test, the f- next 10 chapters of simple solutions will give them ideas and programs tailored for their stage. Okay. okay? So we need to oxygenate. Every time we take a deep breath, we stoke our inner fire. Um, we need to eat real food. We need, and for me, this is the next most important place to go, is we need to stop poisoning ourselves. And it's easy to say, well, I can't do anything about it. It's everywhere. And the truth is it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. But every little bit of poison you remove, every little bit of kindness or caring that you give yourself ends up making a big difference. And maybe they add up or maybe each one is powerful. It sort of depends on you and where you're at. But if you realize that fluoride, which is in the water in many places in the country, and Mm -hmm. fluoride is definitely in our toothpaste, and it's a toxin, one of the simple things to do is to remove fluoride from your toothpaste. What about your teeth? Well, the world's literature shows that fluoride does not improve dental um, caries. Doesn't get rid of cavities. Doesn't doesn't lower the risk for cavities, and that sugar is actually the main cause of cavities because the bacteria that make cavities live on sugar. So lowering the carbos, lowering the sugars in our diet, which gets much easier if you have a little protein when you eat. You don't crave as much. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't even crave at all. Um, lowers the cavity risk, and the fluoride really doesn't make the difference. Fluoride is actually one of the risks for osteoporosis because it poisons not just the fuel cells in our body, but also poisons our bones. So there's really no good reason to have (laughs) high levels of fluoride, Mm. and that's a really easy toxin. Now, since the majority of people will have caffeine-containing foods, and coffee and teas are the most likely or highest on the list other than Mountain Dew and Coca-Cola. There's a coffee pot in every office in America. And and that's why they call it a coffee break, because they're trying to get us to push through fatigue, (laughs) Mm -hmm. right? Instead of listening to our body, trying to help squeeze a little more life out of our reserves. If at the very least you'll get organic coffee or tea, you will start diminishing the toxic load in our body. Um, We're allowed to export pesticides and herbicides that are illegal in the U.S. Mm -hmm. to countries that make caffeine, that make coffee, tea, or food for the U.S. And so they're exported back Back to us, Uh or imported, I think is a better way to say, back to us. Uh And then we get those toxins one way or another. Any little bit we can diminish that load helps. And of course, drink water. Water helps flush your body, and there's some detox formulas in my book that will help your body to eliminate the toxins more readily. Now, a lot of people say they don't like the taste of water. There's a lot of those designer waters, flavored waters out there. Are those as good as uh, are those a good substitute? Well, I'm not an expert on everybody's flavored water, so <laughs> I can't answer that honestly. But if you don't like water, and sometimes I, I could agree with you, I, I have to force myself. I have to use my wisdom instead of my taste and be a good mommy to myself. Maybe you could squeeze a little lemon in it yourself and then have real lemon or 
I tell my patients to make their own pop, mm-hmm. you know, to take a little bit of real fruit juice and put it in a, some sparkling water. But fruit juice in itself is a refined food. Mm-hmm. It's all the carbos squeezed out without the fiber, without the nutrients. And we are such a nutrient-deficient society that we need all the help we can get to spark our flame. So I've also dedicated a chapter in my book filled with formulas that are for multiple vitamins and herbs and other rescue remedies that will help people on each stage along the path to have more energy. Now, you mentioned coffee. We usually think of coffee as something that pumps you up, that brings you alive when you're feeling tired. Uh, that uh well, we really all know that that's a... true for a little while, but then we need more, and then we need more. And the point is, is the more coffee we need, it's because our own reserves, our own capacity has been diminished uh-huh. and it's because we haven't paid attention to the real need our body has, which is a chance to repair, and the building blocks and the parts and pieces to repair with. You know, we're just squeezing too much life out. And then, unfortunately, as many of the stories of real patients in my book will reveal the price is awful. I mean, we end up, I've never met anyone in a hospital bed who's just had their first heart attack, was diagnosed with cancer, has arthritis or whatever, that doesn't look back over their shoulder in their life and see all the things they could have changed and wish that they had at least changed a few Mm. so that the inevitable outcome wasn't Mm -hmm. as likely. And this book is filled with possibilities, so we don't have to end up with those dreadful diseases. I want to say that again. We don't have to. We're led to believe we have to, that they're yeah. ultimate outcomes, eventual. We're seeing those diseases at younger and younger ages. And it seems like everybody's getting them. I mean, like you mentioned, kids, uh, people across the board, we just assume now that you're going to get cancer at some point in your life, you know, and... Uh, it doesn't have to be that way. And nowadays, youth is no protection no. because we're malnourished, and that's really the most important, and we're, po- we're toxic. Mm-hmm. So if we attend to those two and give our body a chance to repair, the, the best news of all is we, our bodies, when we're asleep and out of the way, have the ultimate repair program. And our bodies can do an amazing job if we let them and help, help our body. Now, everybody is, is dieting these days. looks like everybody wants to be thin. I mean, there's all kinds of diet concoctions out there, all kinds of diets themselves, uh, natural diet remedies. In your book, though, you say one of the ways to fight that tired feeling is to eat. Well, one of the reasons that we're what we think is overweight, and to some extent it's true, um, is because we've been living on high-carbohydrate foods, And the high-carbohydrate foods cause us to store fat. In fact, anything that we do that increases the stress hormone cortisol, which is produced by our adrenals at the same time uh, our quick-fix hormone adrenaline is, the one we love that Mm -hmm. gives us the little rush, the the more we produce cortisol, whether it's because we're living on sugar and our blood sugar is crashing, or we're having any external or internal stress, which eventually can even be exercise, Cortisol makes it nearly impossible to burn fat. And most people listening have had a friend or themselves have been on prednisone for a while. Mm -hmm. Prednisone is the pharmaceutical version of the cortisol or cortisone that we make. And although we need some, what we're doing these days is making too much and for too long of a period of time, and it's causing us to gain weight. So when we eat what we really need, Mm -hmm. which is a balanced meal that has some carbos, some fat, some protein, because unless you eat fat, it's hard to burn fat. 
and we nibble on that or as I I like to think graze on it throughout the day mm-hmm. we keep stoking our furnace so we have a, a hot enough fire to burn fat and so instead of eating so much that we have to store some we eat enough so we have fuel and fire and energy and then we can actually burn our own stores when we need and we lose weight and feel Is good that, wow <laughs> That's I know it's surprising. <laughs> I know it's not what we're taught. Yeah. But for 20 years, I've seen how well this works. I guess that's why a lot of people don't lose weight, and that's why they say, you know, diets don't work, that kind of thing, because everybody's going about it the wrong way. Well, and worse yet, when we spend any time in starvation, mm-hmm. which creates starvation or panic biochemistry, mm-hmm. our body has a wisdom and a brain and of its own and tunes down our metabolic fire. Mm-hmm. So grazing or stoking our fire every two or three hours helps us helps it to get a different message and turn up the volume mm. on our fire so that we can burn a much heartier fire and have much more energy. Mm. Now, what about folks who are such high achievers and they're working so hard and they're moving up the ladder and they're getting things done? They don't even know they're tired. How, how does somebody know that they have a problem with tiredness? If you're waking up in the morning more tired than you went to bed or not rejuvenated. If you're reaching for caffeine and sugar in any form, and please remember white flour, pasta, bagels, croissants, cereals, Pop-Tarts, Krispy Kremes, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. those are all sugars, and sugar is a stimulant, not unlike cocaine. And it's addictive, and it sets us up eventually to need more and bigger. And what happens in the second and third stage on the path to adrenal burnout, the first one being the most fun driven, when we have the energy and passion, is that we reach for substances and eventually they aren't doing the job. And so we're reaching for more and we're having less energy and there's less joy, less creativity. We begin to wonder by the third and fourth stage by hitting the wall and losing it, What in the world we're doing this for? Life begins to lose its meaning and we can't keep up with those around us and we're in danger in every aspect of our life, marriage, family, and work. Mm -hmm. What about those folks who maybe go to bed uh, early or stay in bed later? Maybe they're getting 9, 10, 11 hours of sleep at night and they still wake up tired. Well, that's a good sign of malnutrition. Um, If we don't have the parts, it might even be a sign that they need it. Mm-hmm. because they have been overstressed and have, their reserves are diminished. And it might be a sign that they're unhappy. And one of the things that people who are driven for long periods of time, often when they lose their passion, they have to look around and reevaluate. And so sometimes the good, the good news is that when we're not having enough energy to keep doing what we thought we wanted, it's a chance to reevaluate. Mm-hmm. And... Certainly in our life, it's time to look around and see what really matters before we are hitting the wall or burned out and having a heart attack or something much worse. What about those folks that say, hey, I'm just getting old. I'm getting up there in years. I'm going to feel tired. This is the way it's supposed to be. Well, you can choose to believe that if you want, but everybody gets probably knows someone in their life that can look around and see someone 60, 70, and 80 who has a lot more energy than they are. And that's just living proof that that's not, it's not the truth. I've watched people in my practice for the past years start on programs like the one I put in the book, and it's 60 and 70 or younger, if they're wise enough to start earlier. All of a sudden, in 
three months, two months, six months have more energy than they've had in 10 years. Mm. The diseases of aging that are occurring earlier are not because we're getting older. It's because we are undernourished. We don't take care of ourselves, and we're getting poisoned. And it's really, really simple, much simpler than anybody's led us to believe to turn things around. And that's why I called those 10 chapters, chapters Simple Solutions. Tell us about some of the uh, folks who come to your practice in, in Chicago. Well, actually, my practice has been in Malibu, California. Malibu, California. I went to okay. medical school to in medical Chicago because I'm from okay. Chicago. I, I grew up there. Okay. Uh, but I was blessed with a practice in Malibu, and um, it's a tiny town, so really the majority of my patients came from forty to 4,000 miles away. Really? People came to me from all over the world by the last five years because my, my practice became sort of the last resort. People made a joke. They called it resort medicine. <laughs> it was the last resort for people who'd been to Mayo and had been to Scripps and had been to major institutions and weren't getting better. And for many years, my practice was filled with people who had chronic fatigue. And that's how I began to learn the real underlying causes. Mostly young people, old people? Uh, um, it could be anyone of any age. I've seen 17-year-olds. I've seen 50-year-olds. I've seen 60-year-olds with chronic inflammatory conditions, one of them being chronic fatigue. Mm -hmm. And burnout or adrenal burnout, it's not a new concept. It's actually thousands of years old. It's just that it's an epidemic now because of all the causes we cited earlier, you know, malnutrition and not breathing and increased toxicity and not taking care of ourself. Mm -hmm. In fact, I dedicated a chapter to capital S-E-L-F, helping people to understand how important it is to be a little selfish. Mm -hmm. Because the more we take care of ourself, the, not only the less money we end up spending on health care, mm -hmm. but the more energy we have and the better our life is and the more we have to give. Any idea what percentage of, of the patients uh, you've had over the years, what percentage you've been, been able to turn their lives around, so to speak? Well, the good news is I don't really do what they do. It's my job just to help them find the parts, mm -hmm. really. So I want you to know the power is really in your hands, all of you who are listening. There's so many things you can do. But I would say 80 to 90% of the people that I've seen have had dramatic changes in their life. And for the other 10 or 20%, it's just not been their time yet. And often they go on to eventually implement programs and change their lives. 80 to 90%, that a dramatic Around. Dramatic. That's pretty, that's pretty good. Dramatic. I, I'm a very lucky doctor. People <laughs> usually came to me because they wanted to know what they could do, mm -hmm. not not wanted to be seen as having a drug deficiency. Not being dragged in. You know, a diagnosis these days is a is an attempt to have a be diagnosed with whatever your drug deficiency is, and and a headache is not an aspirin deficiency, mm -hmm. and depression is not a Prozac deficiency. Those are just life rafts to help us have some time to pay attention and hopefully search for real underlying causes. Mm -hmm. Well, what would you like folks to remember from the book? Out of all the things, and there's a lot in there, what would you like them to remember first and foremost of all? Thank you for asking, Ken. The most important thing I want people to know is that they're, they have a lot of choices and they can make a difference and that it's simple to be healthy and it's hard to be tired and it's hard and expensive to be sick and that any one of the simple solutions that they pick is the right one for them and a good place to begin because they all matter and it's not that no ma that what you do is never enough which is big in people who are on the path to burnout but that everything that you do matters 
and makes a difference. And just begin today. Pick one you can do and enjoy that part of your process. And if you are so inspired tomorrow, pick another. Just take it a step at a, at a time. One step at a time and you will make a difference and you, you will benefit. That sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, I was going to ask, uh, I know I should ask for our morning crew here because they, <laughs> they always talk about it on the air all the time. What about folks that work unusual shifts, people that have to get up early in the morning, people that have to stay uh, up late at night? Is there any special uh, advice you'd like to impart to them? Well, I, as an intern in training, I've had plenty of shifts like you all, so I understand from the inside. Um, and the good news is I have energy again now that I'm not working 110 hours a week. <laughs> uh, so we are repairable. But what I would say, same simple things. Make sure you eat. Make sure that when you get up, whether it's to head to the radio station or whatever your job is, that you have a breakfast that's got some protein and real food in it. In, the, in one of the chapters in the book, I have many recipes for power drinks. And the one I've crafted in the book is filled with real food parts. And if you can't find it at your local health food store, there's an 800 number and a website, adrenalburnout.com, where you can order things that will make your life easier and filled with much more energy instantly. Mm, okay. Great advice. Great advice. I'm sure a lot of people will be able to tap into that. Well, we thank you for joining us on WGAR. Really appreciate it. And uh, we wish you safe travels wherever <laughs> the tour is taking you and back home to California. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm loving the Midwest. I may even think of moving here. You're kidding. Wow, no. usually it's the other way around. Well, you have all those power outages in California now, I guess. And maybe there's no surprise that there's an energy crisis everywhere, <laughs> yeah. not just in our bodies. I tell you. Dr. Jesse Lynn Hanley, author of Tired of Being Tired. Thanks again for joining us on WGAR. Delightful to be here. This show is brought to you by Panoramic Lifestyle Clothing. Panoramic, a vision moves in all directions. Based in beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona, Panoramic is set to be the hottest up-and-coming streetwear brand, featuring the most distinctive t-shirts ever created. Check out our extensive collection at plclothing.store. Not just a brand, but a movement to inspire a goal-oriented lifestyle. Panoramic Lifestyle Clothing at plclothing.store.